A break-in on a central Alberta property left a resident of the home badly beaten and the intruder dead. The tragedy unfolded after the intruder had already broken into the home twice and was released by the RCMP. I'm Dave Breckenridge, and this is 10-3. Calgary Herald columnist Leecha Corbella joins me to discuss the deadly confrontation, the toll it has taken on the residents of the home, and why the intruder was let go only to return to the home once more. Don't forget you can find us on Spotify, Apple, Google, we're even on Amazon Music now. I'd love it if you could leave us a rating, a review, and tell your friends about us. So, Alicia, on Monday, we got a very short press release from the RCMP detailing a shooting in the Red Deer County area. It came out of the Black Falls detachment, but it was very brief on details. It basically said there was a break-in. Upon arrival, police discovered that the homeowner had, they called him the homeowner, but the, the resident of the home had sustained injuries and another man in the residence had sustained a gunshot wound. The man with the gunshot wound was declared dead at the scene and the resident was transported to hospital where he was treated for non-life-threatening injuries. And that's all the information that we had. What were you able to uncover about what transpired in the afternoon of August 2nd at this home in the Red Deer County area? So what I found out was this family who rents the home on this acreage in the, yeah, the Penhold County area, um, just south of Red Deer, they had had problems twice before. A man had come to their home on Friday before the Monday, so on the Friday, and wanted to uh, try to break into the home. And some people who work on that property it, um, renting a shop on the property, like a big sort of Quonset hut, mm-hmm. held the man and called police. And the police came and arrested the home invader. And then obviously he was released very quickly afterwards because he ended up back at that home at 4.30 in the morning on Saturday without a car. So he either hitchhiked or walked or something And he broke into the home on the Saturday. And I don't have a lot of details about that, but he broke into the home and he was subdued and he was arrested again by the RCMP. And clearly, again, he was released very quickly. So the family was completely freaked out. This is a a, a lovely family with two children, a 13-year-old girl and a 17-year-old son, And the wife and the kids were really traumatized by what had happened, this person breaking into their home when they were asleep. And so the husband said, let's get away for the weekend. Mm -hmm. And so it was the long weekend. And so they decided to get out of town. And when they came back on the Monday afternoon, so around three o'clock, they came back to their home and they noticed that the gate was open. They thought that was weird. And they noticed also that some screens had been removed from the windows. And so the father of the kids grabbed his shotgun and went into the house. But he wasn't actually expecting anyone to be there. So what did he find when he went in the house? 
when he went in the house, he went to their his and his wife's bedroom and there was a man laying on his bed. So he told the man to get down on the floor. So the man did get down on the floor, but obviously had hidden a baseball bat or something. And he grabbed the bat and started beating on the man. And I saw the man at his neighbor's home and he had, um, you know, scabs and stitches on his head. His ear was mangled and he had a cast on his right arm. So he was beaten really badly. And he said that he had troubles finding the safety on his gun. Like he kept trying to find it, trying to find it. And then eventually, as the beatings continued, he found the safety on his shotgun and he fired. Mm -hmm. And he is so upset about the fact that he ended up killing a man in his own home. Yeah. (laughs) Who wants to do that? But he does feel that his life was threatened. I mean, he was he was receiving blows to the head with a, a, a baseball bat. He's not sure who or what is in his house. Right. He gets a shotgun, I assume, to scare off any intruder that might be there. After the confrontation, he's beaten with a bat. He fires a shotgun to defend himself. I imagine the police are called at some point. What happens when police arrive at the house? Well, just before that, so they have a mobile home on their property and he told the kids and his wife to hide themselves in the mobile home and lock the door. But the daughter, you know, young people today, she's 13, she she recorded it and they called the police. So um, apparently it only took the police 10 minutes to get there from all various de- directions. And when the police arrived, they found the renter, the resident, standing at the door waiting for them, holding his shotgun, all bloodied from the attack. Mm-hmm. And he informed the RCMP that he had shot the intruder in his home and that he believed that the intruder was dead. Subsequent to that, I guess the police interviewed everybody and they arrested the resident. They never charged him, but they arrested him for manslaughter. But um, later on, they did not press any charges against him after I think they saw the video and audio and heard the audio of the altercation and interviewed neighbors. Some neighbors heard, you know, loud screaming coming from the home, presumably the screaming of the resident being beaten, right? Mm -hmm. And then they heard a single gunshot. So that's what the police came to. He says that the police have been very diligent, very professional. They did a really good job, but he felt like he was being treated like he was a criminal initially. Well, yeah, I mean, to be told that he's being taken into custody on suspicion of manslaughter, that that must have been, you know, a shock to him. Yeah, total shock. What did he say about that whole process? Uh, you know, felt like he was being treated like a criminal, but what what was going through his head at that time? He said that had he been raped, he would have been treated with compassion. And he said he felt sort of like that, like, that his family had been victimized and they're all super traumatized. And then he was treated like the person who had done wrong. But, you know, he's super relieved that no charges are being laid. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this reminds us of Eddie Maurice, right? The Okotoks rancher who found two 
people breaking into his truck and robbing him just a few meters from his front door where his young children and his wife were sleeping. Mm -hmm. And he had his rifle with him. And as we know, he shot two warning shots into the air and one ricocheted and hit one of the would-be robbers. And he ended up going through, you know, a lengthy court process. Eventually, all charges against him were dropped, but not without huge stress added to his life. But, you know, Albertans really rallied around Eddie Maurice. And, you know, there was a huge GoFundMe and people would show up at every one of his court days, even if it was just a, you know, time to appear before the court and nothing would happen. You know, people would drive from all over Alberta to show up at the court house to in Okotoks to show support. So, you know, I think this is one of those things. I mean, this is a tragedy. This man, police are saying he had uh, addiction issues and mental health issues. Mm-hmm. The deceased apparently had either lived at that residence before or had worked on that residence before. And he kept returning Mm -hmm. and like refusing to leave, basically. I mean, that's why he came back three times. And, you know, one of the neighbors, I think, said something that is really profound. And she said, I can understand him being released after the first time that he broke into the home. He's confused. He doesn't know what's going on. But you release him a second time? Like, how many times were they going to catch and release this guy so that he could go back and traumatize this family? Yeah. And what would be the next thing? Maybe he, like, the guy was on meth, and we know that people on meth can have those paranoid delusions. And, you know, maybe the daughter would have been killed or, or harmed or the son, or you just don't know. I guess the question I have, you know, a lot of people think it's compassionate to catch and release. That's the best thing to do. Mm-hmm. I think the compassionate thing would have been to hold this man, let him dry out a little bit, right? Yeah. And get him some help. But now he's dead and this family is forever traumatized. They say, like the, the man says, I'm going to have to live with this for the rest of my life. You know, taking another person's life most reasonable, decent people never want to do. And then the kids are creeped out and they've lost their sense of security in their own home. You mentioned earlier that the daughter had recorded this on her cell phone, that recorded the confrontation. Do you get the sense that had that evidence not been there, that we could be looking at another Eddie Marie situation where essentially it's the homeowner's word against someone who's not able to defend himself? I know he bears the bruises of the attack, but, you know, it could have played out very differently for him. Oh, for sure. You know, I'd be speculating, but I think all of that came into play. I mean, you know, there's three people cowering in the mobile home waiting and hearing horrific screaming going on in the home. So my guess is that for sure that that probably played a role in that. You mentioned the fact that he's taken into custody once. And, you know, they realize that either he's under the influence of drugs or is a misunderstanding. He didn't realize he shouldn't have been there. Whatever the reason, they they let him go. Yeah. And then he goes back and they take him into custody again. Do we know why they let him go the second time? Do Like, have we talked to RCMP about that? No. I have put in requests with the RCMP to find out about what went on. And I am trying to find court records of the release if it in fact did go to court at all or did he appear did the invader appear before a justice of the peace like who released him but without a name they haven't released the deceased's name 
it's virtually impossible to find the information on that, but I am working on it. So hopefully I'll get that mm-hmm. and we'll, we'll know a little bit more, but I'd love to know whose idea it was to release him a second time, obviously within hours, because this is a man without a car. So it would have taken him a while to find his way back. And obviously it did take him a while because he arrived at the house at 4.30 in the morning and broke in and um, traumatized this family at 4.30 in the morning on a Saturday, Yeah, which is why they decided to leave later that Saturday morning on a vacation because they were all freaked out. Yeah, Rightly so. I mean, you know, once your home is invaded, it's very hard to regain that sense of security. As you said, the resident of this home, he's going to have to live with having pulled the trigger for the rest of his life. Yeah. Is the family going to go back to this home or have they said, like, we just can't go back there? Like, we don't feel safe or comfortable there. Well, my understanding is that the home's been cleaned and I'm not 100% sure on that. I, I know that they have gone back to the home and obviously I don't know if it's to get their personal belongings or if it's to live there. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But uh, one of the things that this man said that was interesting, and it's it's interesting because it's been a topic of debate and Alberta government has been trying to get the federal government to change this. But he says he wishes he had pepper spray because if he was armed with pepper spray, he could have sprayed the man on his bed and uh, disabled him that way and held him until the police came instead of having to use lethal force. Mm -hmm. Right. And I thought that was interesting. I mean, I feel very mixed about the whole pepper spray thing because we know it's going to wind up in the hands of bad guys who are going to come into your house and pepper spray you. Right. Yeah. But he says, you know, he would have appreciated having pepper spray and then one man would be alive and uh, he wouldn't be so beaten up. Right. I know that Alberta's justice minister had floated that idea, had requested that of the feds, and the and the federal government turned around and say, well, no, there are too many dangers at play. But I mean, it, it does give one pause, the idea that had he not been able to get the safety off his shotgun, or had he not managed to keep his wits about him while he was being hit with a bat, like we could have had a, a very different outcome. And I imagine that's something that he and his family are wrestling with even today. Oh, yeah. The neighbor, Terry said, like, my neighbor could have been the one in the morgue if he hadn't armed himself. Mm -hmm. If they just held this guy, he was obviously having issues comprehending that he doesn't get to go to this person's house. Like, this is not his place. It's not his friend's place. You know, a family lives there now. Leave them alone. He needed help. I think that's the sad thing out of all of it is this, you know, someone who obviously was having struggles and potentially needed someone to step in and either set him straight or direct him towards help. And instead he winds up dead. Yeah. What do we know about the man that the resident shot? We know that he was on drugs. We know that he potentially had serious addictions issues. Do we know anything else about him? How old he is, where he's from? Did he have a family? We don't know his age. We don't know where he's from, but we do know that he also had a 13 year old daughter. Hmm. And so The resident who shot him says, you know, he's heartbroken because he realizes he's in defending himself. He took away a daughter's dad. So it's really tragic. And, you know, this whole story has made me remember a story when I was a reporter in Toronto 
I did a piece on heroin. It was rampant and it was cheap in Toronto and a lot of people were ODing and dying. Mm -hmm. And I met this young woman, her name was Sam, but I called her Jackie for the piece. And she called me years later after I had moved to Calgary and she left a voicemail and I ended up talking to her and she said that, you know, she had been clean for five years. She'd had her daughter back for four and the next day she was graduating from accounting from a college Mm -hmm. and her life had been turned around. You know what turned her life around? What's that? She'd been arrested. A judge saw her in front of her in the morning, looked her up and down, saw her humanity and held her in jail. And she dried out in jail. And she said it was hell because of course she came off of her heroin addiction with only Tylenol and gravel, but she got off the heroin and turned her life around. And she said it was the best thing that ever happened to her. And I think, you know what, it gives me chills just saying that because I think we need to realize that sometimes all these people with addictions need is some time to be separated from that lifestyle and a chance to sort of just recalibrate and think things through and get off the drugs. And I think about that. She was the most wonderful, big hearted, lovely person. I just loved her. And we had a lot of laughs together and she became all that she could be, you know, she saved her life. So I think that's something we need to think about. Oh, hundred percent. That's definitely true. And especially as Alberta is going through the toxic drugs epidemic, there are people out there who are struggling and people out there who, who need assistance. And and in some cases, you're right that it is someone saying, well, I need to hold you in jail or I need to divert you to treatment so we can get you the help that you need. Mm -hmm. I know it's a story that we'll be paying attention to, Leach. I thank you very much for your time. Oh, you're so welcome. 10-3 is produced by Sean Knox. Theme music by Bryce Hall. Thanks to my guest, Leach Corbella. More from her at calgaryherald.com. I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.